Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Uh, my name is Heidi Elisararas. Okay, you guys have to help me. You guys have to roll your R's. Okay, we're going to practice this together because no one can pronounce my last name. Um, we're going to look, look at your paper. Get ready with all the R's, okay? Heidi Elisararas. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. I'll, 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 let, it, I'll let it slide. <laughs> um, me and my husband, Daniel, and my two beautiful daughters. I have one of my daughters here with me. Samaria, will you stand up for a second? She turned 13 this last year. I appreciate prayers, everyone. I have a teenager in the house. No, she's a wonderful, wonderful teenager, and she's going to stay that way in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I have a picture of my family that I would love to show you guys. Um, This is my husband, Daniel. I found the darkest Mexican I could find, and he found the the blondest huera that he could find in Mexico. Um, And we have, I mean, look at these beautiful girls. They're just, they're gorgeous. Samaria and Sela. And I just want to thank Pastor Maribel and Pastor Lori for having me here this morning. I'm so excited to be here. How many of you guys know that God is more than enough? He will take care of every one of our needs, whether it's physical, whether it's material, whether it's spiritual, whether it's emotional. And I just feel like I have a word from the Lord for you guys, for this time, for this church, and for my life as well. You know, I'm just an ordinary woman willing to tell everybody about a somebody and his name is Jesus. And he has spoke to me time and time again these two words, all in. And I feel like today we are supposed to go all in with his plans and his purposes that he has for us. How many believe that this morning? All right, then let's pray and let's get started. Father God, we just come before you. God, we already had church with the worship I don't even need to be here. Your presence is already here, God. You're already doing something in the lives of every single one of us. God, I just ask that your presence continue, God, that we would be women that would go all in towards your presence, all in towards your plans, all in towards your purposes that you have for our life. Let us be women that we can just say, yes, God, here I am. Use me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today I want to share with you a story from the Old Testament about a woman who was all in with the plans that God had for her life. If you have your Bibles open to the book of Genesis with me, if if you didn't bring them, don't worry, I'm sure it's going to be on the screen. Genesis 24 verses 1 through 5. Now Abraham was now very old and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but I, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son, Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land. Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Now, has anybody ever asked you to do something important and it was up to you if you were going to do it? 
Or maybe you were the person that had to go and ask someone to do something very important and it really depended on them if they were willing to go. Now here in the story, here in Genesis, we find that Abraham um, is old in his age and he still hasn't found a wife for his son Isaac. Now, have you guys ever seen the show on TV, Married at First Sight? Uh, it, okay, this is the same situation, but like thousands of years back in the day. Like back in the day, the dads would have to pick the wives for the sons. Any single ladies here? Like we don't want that, you know, today, to, today except for the people that go on that show, Married at First Sight, right? But uh, back in the day, the dads picked the wives for the husbands, and Isaac is about 40 years old in this time of the story. And Abraham hasn't found a wife for him yet. And so he tells his servant, Eliezer, to go back to the land from where his relatives were from because they were living in a land where, where they worshiped different idols, where they, he didn't want to find a wife from the Canaanites. And so he went back to the land of Abraham to try to go find a wife for Isaac. But that's a difficult task for someone to find a woman who's willing to leave everything who has never seen this man and leave everything she has and come back and marry him. Eliezer has a very difficult task and we see him ask this question in verse five. He says, what if the woman is not willing to come with me to this land? We all know that women have strong opinions, right? <laughs> if your husbands were here, they would be like, amen. Because one day we can make a decision and seriously, we don't even have to wait a day. Within another second or sentence, we could have changed our mind. And Eliezer is like, what if this woman is like unwilling to come? Like I have to convince a woman I don't know to marry someone that she doesn't know. Like that's a very difficult task. But the purpose of God was being thought out and strategized, but there was only one problem. What if the woman what if the key person was unwilling to go? The whole plan rested on her. She would be the wife of Isaac, the mother of Jacob, the mother of Israel. King David would come from her offspring and the Lord Jesus, the Messiah would come from her lineage. But what if she was unwilling to go? We all have freedom of choices but we do not have freedom of consequences. We all have freedom of choice, but we do not have freedom of the consequences when we are disobedient to what God has called us to do. God's purposes rests on willing people. His will is done when we do his will. God's will is done by willing people. And when you know that God is more than enough, you know that you can say yes when he is calling you and you can say yes even though you feel uncomfortable. And maybe you're asking today if you're here for the first time, well, what is God's will? God's will is for all to know his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In John 6:40, it says, for it is my father's will that all who sees his son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. This is the will of God for your life too. First, his will is for us to know him as our savior. 
And when we know that he is more than enough to satisfy all of our needs, we are ready to step out and tell other people about what God has done in our lives. So once you know him as your savior, he's called us to go and share that with other people. You know, after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead three, three days later, he walked on the earth for 40 more days. And he was with his disciples and he was preparing them for his ascension to heaven. And just before he ascended to heaven, he gave us his last command. In Mark 16, 15, it says, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. His last command has to be our first priority. His last command has to be our first priority in 2022, in 2023, in 2024. It doesn't matter what year we're living in. Jesus said this was his last command. And as a church and as a body of Christ, this has to be the church's first priority to reach everyone who is lost and needs the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 18 years ago, I went on my first missions trip to Mexico. I was going to UC Santa Barbara. I'm from Visalia, Fresno, pretty close to here. Anyone know the Central Valley? Um, I went to UC Santa Barbara. I was raised in a Christian home, but I had strayed away in my high school, college days. I was your typical party girl. And um, in college, I have a double major and a minor. One of my majors is Spanish, and my minor is actually Latin, um, uh, Latin American studies. I'm like, I don't even know what I studied 20 years ago. Um, I always had a desire to learn Spanish. I always had a desire to um, know Spanish. And so I went to Spain for a year in college to learn Spanish. I was like, I want to have a one up on people being bilingual. Like people aren't going to know that I speak Spanish. And, and, and I'm going to get a good job and I'm going to get into the marketplace where no one can get into. And then my mom invites me to go on this missions trip to Mexico and God changes my life forever. I have an encounter with Jesus that has never left me the same. He said, Heidi, you have two roads in front of you. You can go down your road and you can live your life and you're gonna be successful, you're driven, you can do everything that you wanna do, but this is the plan that I have for you. And he reminded me of a Bible verse that I had um, learned as a little girl and it's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to not, pro plans not harm you, but prosper you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. He said, this is the future that I have for you. This is why you speak Spanish. This is why you've always wanted to speak Spanish. But he said, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in with me. You need to go all in. Because the reality is, is I confused what religion and relationship was. I always said I was a Christian, but I was not a follower of Christ. And in that moment, I had an encounter with Jesus that has never left me the same. I heard God's voice and I heard my calling to come and be on the mission field. That was the defining moment in my life. I realized in that moment that God had always been more than enough. That even though I had looked for uh, it in the world and in money and, and going out and partying, I looked for that hole to be filled in my heart. I realized in that moment that Jesus was always more than enough to fill every need that I had. And when I heard God's voice, 
I had to be willing to go. I knew I had the freedom to choose, but I also knew that I did not have the freedom of consequences if I decided not to obey. I came home from that missions trip. I applied to go work at that orphanage where I served on that missions trip. I sold everything that I had. I had just bought in my dream car, a Mustang. I had, it was, it was beautiful. It was silver. It, it was like my first car of the year. I don't know, back then, 2004. Um, and I broke up with my boyfriend. I sold everything that I had. I quit my job and I went on the mission field to go work at the orphanage where I had first gone on that first missions trip. And at that orphanage, while I was working there, I actually met my husband, Daniel. He grew up in that orphanage all of his life. And he was working there, giving back to the ministry that had given so much to him. You see, my husband, He's a poverty orphan. That means that he has a mom and a dad, but they were too poor to take care of him and his seven brothers and sisters. And so they were taken away out of their home by CPS and placed into the orphanage system. And they went from one orphanage to another orphanage until they land at Rancho de Sus Niños, the Christian orphanage in the Tecate, Tijuana area, where I happened to go on my missions trip. And as God was orchestrating our lives to come together, um, I, I, I was a mom of seven little boys and all they would talk about is how they wanted to go back with their parents. And I'm like, why are you guys in orphanages if you have parents? And so the next year I ended up working actually in the office and working with groups and learning how to run a nonprofit, not knowing that God would ever um, call us out of there to start our own. And with my own eyes, I saw desperate mothers come in and voluntarily drop off their babies at this orphanage because they couldn't put food on their table or they couldn't send these kids to school with a backpack and school supplies. And my heart broke. And I said, God, how can we keep families together? How can we prevent the brokenness of children coming to an orphanage where parents never really come back for them? How can we keep kids off the streets as parents go to work and lock their kids in their homes because there's not a daycare system in Mexico? How can we come alongside of parents so that they can fight to keep their families together? As I was working at that orphanage, I heard a story I read in the newspaper that this mom and dad, they locked their two daughters in their home and they had to go to work and their house burned down and they lost their two daughters in a house fire because childcare system, child systems are almost non-existent in Mexico. And as Daniel and I were preparing to get married, we said, God, you've ordained the family. How can we come alongside of families? How can we prevent children from going to orphanages? How can we prevent children from being locked in their homes or roaming the streets? He said, open your arms to the children of the world and provide no cost childcare for the most needy families in the communities where I send you. And so that's how Open Arms began. But now if you put an orphan boy with a poor missionary girl together, you basically, we equal zero. 
like we had nothing. We had nothing except 150 people on our wedding list to send out a newsletter to. Um, Crystal and Doug, um, Emily's parents adopted us because they would come down to the orphanage and she actually sponsored a little boy in the house that I took care of. So we had this instant connection and they said, we're gonna be on board with you from the very beginning. But there literally got to a point where we had $1 in our pocket. I'm not telling you this to make a good story. We literally had $1 in our pocket. We said, God, you've called us to this ministry. You've called us to this town. We can't even feed ourselves. How are we going to save the world? How are we going to accept children into our care? We have $1. But that night, we got on our knees and we said a very specific prayer and we said, God, we know that we are called. We are all in to your plans and purposes, but we need a sign from you that this is exactly what we're supposed to do and that you have gone before us and that you are with us. So we got up that night, we went to bed, we woke up, we're full of faith and we're like, God is gonna provide today. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our more than enough. He is gonna come through and we believed it. And we went out and we walked around the community and we went to this park and I mean, we kind of stand out, like I'm really blonde and everyone's just a lot darker than I am and Daniel's really dark and there was this American couple, we're kind of in a tourism kind of area and La Mission is our first campus, so about an hour south of the border in between Rosarito and Ensenada. If you know, this is our first campus, La Mission. Um, and we ran into an American couple and they're like, what are you guys doing here? Like, we're really young. Like, my husband's barely 20 years old, I was 24 years old. And we're like, oh, we're starting this ministry. You know, we're gonna kick kids out of orphanages. We're gonna make sure that they're not on the street. Do you wanna come and see our house? Like, it, I should have brought the picture of the house, how it was, because it doesn't look like that. Um, There's this teeny little house and we had this huge vision. And you know, when you have $1, like any amount of money that they could have given us would have been like a miracle, right? So they were like, you know what? We're Christians. We believe in what you're doing. And they wrote us a check for $250. Now when you have $1, $250 seemed astronomical. And so we started buying two by fours, we started getting, getting things ready, and we said this is just the beginning of what, what God is gonna do because he is more than enough to provide all of our needs. And so after we started those two by fours, I get a call from Crystal and Doug and they're gonna um, bring a group and they're gonna bring thousands of dollars to help build. And then I get a phone call that someone wants to tithe some of their inheritance and then we get $20,000 to help build the daycare. And it was miracle after miracle after miracle when we gave our last dollar back to God. 16 years ago, it was just a dream to start Open Arms. Today we have two beautiful campuses in La Mission and in Camelou, which is about four hours south of the border. We care for over 150 children. We've rescued nine children from orphanages that were once there and are back with their moms because they were just there for financial reasons. We have a medical and dental clinic. We're church planters, we're pastors of Open Arms Church. And just this last year, we started and broke ground on our third campus in a town called Los Pinos, which is an hour south of Camelo. God has been more than enough to provide all of our needs. He's been so good. 
We have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. It's been like Feliz Navidad every single day. <laughs> we get to see these children smile, knowing that they can go home and be with their parents, that we're able to provide a Christ-filled environment so that these kids can not only be rescued from orphanages in the streets, but also know the loving arms of our Savior Jesus. Amen. He has taken two ordinary people and he has done the extraordinary because we've decided to go all in with his plans and his purposes. You know, just like Eliezer said to Abraham, what if she was not willing to go? He asked him. You know, I think about that too. What if I was unwilling to let go of all of my personal possessions? What if I was unwilling to leave my family, to leave my job, to leave the comfort of living in America? How many kids would still be in orphanages? How many children would be locked on the streets? How many families would not be together? How many people would have never had the opportunity to know about Jesus? You are such a part of the vital plan of God. Without you delivering the good news, it's as if the good news doesn't exist. What good is Christ dying on the cross if we're not willing to go out and share that with others? You know, there's 35,000 people that die every single day without hearing the word Jesus, without ever having to have the opportunity of accepting Jesus into their heart. And my question is, not what happens to those people. My question is what happens to us? The ones that know God and are called to fulfill the great commission and when we're not willing to go or if we're not willing to give to those that go. What happens to us? Ladies, we need to be all in. Wherever we are planted, that's where our mission field is. We need to go all in knowing that God is more than enough to fulfill everything that we need. He is willing to use you and he's willing to use me, but we need to be willing people. Amen. Was the woman in the story willing to go? Was she willing to leave her homeland, her family, and go marry Isaac, someone she had never ever seen? We hear her answer in Genesis 24, Verse 51 to 58, her name is Rebecca. Here is Rebecca, take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, let the young woman remain with us 10 days or so, then you may go. I just feel like the Lord is telling me right now that there's a mom here that's scared to let their children go. This brother and the mom wanted to keep her from God's destiny wanted to keep her back 10 more days. Maybe she would change her mind. But there's a mom here that needs to let their children go 
to serve the Lord wherever they are calling. Amen. Amen. And so she, the story continues in verse 56. It says, but he said to them, do not detain me now that the Lord has granted success to my journey. Send me on my way so I can go to my master. Then they said, let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? She says, I will go. She was willing because she was willing to give, because she was willing to go, she would become the channel through which the Messiah would come to this world. Rebecca was an all-in type of woman willing to say yes to the purposes and the plans that God had for her life. What could your yes do? The greatest thing you can do is be willing to say yes to the will of God for your life. What has God been talking to you about lately? What dream has he placed on your heart? Where has he called you to meet needs? God is always talking. Are you listening? Jesus did the will of the Father. He came to this earth and died a brutal death on the cross of Calvary because he loves me and he loves you. And maybe you're here and you've never had the opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart. Today, I want to give you that opportunity because he's waiting for you with open arms. Maybe you've already given your life to Jesus. Are you willing to go deeper? Are you willing to go all in to his plans and his purposes for your life? You know, God may not be asking you to give up everything and move to a foreign country like he did for me. But I'm sure he's asking you to do something. And I believe many of you already know what that is. Maybe it's coming down on a missions trip. Maybe it's supporting a child for as little as $25 a month. Maybe it's crossing the street and telling someone what Jesus has done to your life. Maybe it's praying for that barista that you see with a downcast face that just needs a word of hope. We're all called to do something. Let's stand, ladies. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.